Hello everyone. Welcome to our Sunday episode of In Conversation with IPR and Competition Law. I'm Ishita Borwa, the host of this podcast. I hope you have listened to our weekend updates. Today, we have Dishti Titus with us, who is an alumnus of Symbiosis Law School, Noida, and an intellectual property attorney. He's a principal at ALG India Law Offices, LLP. Her area of practice focuses on trademark advisory and enforcement. She is responsible for managing trademark portfolios of some prominent companies. She specializes in drawing up comprehensive strategies for clients, drafting legal notices, agreements, conducting investigations, handling negotiations, domain name disputes, and auditing portfolios. She is experienced in handling trademark matters such as oppositions and cancellations and drafting supporting documentation for the same. She also has experience in appearing before various fora such as the Trademarks Office and the Intellectual Property Appellate Board. She has assisted in and written cases, law updates and court bulletins covering judicial decisions in the field of intellectual property for ALJ's website as well as contributed to INTA's bulletin. She has also engaged in various speaking engagements covering different aspects of intellectual property law. Hello Dishti ma'am, welcome to our podcast. Before we begin with our topic today, that is non-fungible tokens and its congruence with intellectual property rights, the era of blockchain and its intersection with intellectual property rights, I would want to ask you what led your interest merge towards intellectual property rights and then integrating yourself with ALJ India Law Offices and your journey towards becoming the principal at ALJ India Law Offices LLP, your overall experience with ALG India Law Offices till now, and lastly, your experience with your clients and your goal towards intellectual property rights. Um, thank you, Vishita. I would like to start by saying um, this podcast is a wonderful initiative and thank you for having me today. To answer your question, aligning myself in the field of intellectual property was actually entirely unplanned. By the time I was in my final year of college, I had already done a few internships with um, IP law firms and I had enjoyed them and the subject as well. To me, IP was one um, subject of law that sits in the heart of creativity and there is still so much to explore on the legal front. When a job opportunity presented itself, I took it to get a taste of what truly working in the IP in the field of IP would be like as opposed to simply interning. Uh, knowing that I wanted to continue in this field a few months in, um, I eventually joined ALG India Law Offices with one goal, to be someone who stands out. My journey to becoming a principal at ALG has been nothing short of exciting, rewarding and memorable. Every day is different from the other and it is absolutely wonderful to work with such diversified clients. I remember this particular matter that I worked on uh, some time back, uh, a couple of years ago rather. Mm. At that point, I felt I was crumbling under the pressure of a deadline and the complexity of the matter. 
eventually things did align and on that day i got myself a little souvenir tied to that property that i worked on that still finds place on my desk to remind myself that no obstacle is too difficult and no problem is unsolvable with a little hard work and focus my goal continues to be simply to excel as much as possible in this field thank you ma'am those were quite exhilarating experiences I really wish that you continuing doing your best in your area as you are already thriving forward. And um I also want to say that you have rightly said that uh, for you and also for me even I see IP as one of the law related subject that sits in the heart of creativity and there is still so much to explore on the legal front. I even I agree with you and I completely relate with you on that. Thank you Ishita that's great to know. Now I would love to proceed towards the discussion of today's topic that is non-fungible tokens and its congruence with intellectual property rights. Ma'am non-fungible tokens which is better known as NFT can you explain to the listeners what exactly an NFT or its basics are? Right so living in the cyber age we are moving towards greater reliance on the digital marketplace a new form of monetization has been tokenization which has led to nfts the boom of nfts um nft as it's popularly known is a unique digital asset that is based on blockchain technology it can represent both tangible and intangible assets like um gifs tweets art music videos images and so on this is opposed to receive and as opposed to receiving the actual physical item in terms of an nft the buyer gets what is a digital file to further and clearly understand one needs to un- one needs to know what is blockchain and what is non fungible blockchain is a digital database of transactions a system of recording information and transactions and non fungible is something that is not interchangeable as opposed to fungible which necessitates the ability of goods or assets to be traded or interchanged with other goods and assets which would pro- uh, perhaps have the same value an nft is a token that is coded to have a unique identifying code and meta- metadata which cannot be replicated NFTs represent digital assets that are unique and irreplaceable meaning they cannot be substituted copied or even subdivided or for that matter even removed NFTs can have only one owner at a time these tokens help in ascertaining ownership and authenticity by maintaining a log of the underlying work in the blockchain itself while cryptocurrencies typically carry a fixed monetary value and can therefore be traded nfts are valued as per their uniqueness a popular example of an nft would be a nba moments such as the lebron james such as one that where lebron james was dunking against the houston rockets which is traded in an nft marketplace 
Thank you, ma'am, for explaining this to the listeners. And even I am aware of that NFT which you are talking uh, in this podcast right now. That is the NF and NBA moment uh, that the LeBron James dunking against the Houston Rockets. Even I have seen that NFT, and I think it that was that's quite a beautiful NFT. I'd say. Thank you, ma'am, for us explaining to the listeners in such a crisp way and breaking down the explanation uh, into blockchain and NFT. Because of course, one cannot exist without another. Ma'am, coming to the next question, how does copyright and trademark law apply, or can it apply to digital assets? So, as I said, purchasing an NFT does not give ownership of the work associate underlying work associated with the NFT, but ownership of the program programmable certifiable copy of such work, right? So accordingly, the purchase of the digital asset, that is an NFT, does not amount to purchase of the underlying intellectual property rights of the content associated with the NFT in the blockchain as well. This is akin to the position of ownership in terms of IP around assets otherwise in the marketplace, as in not non-digital assets. So an easier example to understand this statement would be. If one was to purchase a painting from an artist to put up for display in perhaps their homes or a museum or anywhere, the underlying rights of reproduction or distribution of copies would not automatically transfer to the buyer of the painting. One may only benefit from the personal use and not capitalize from it. Typically, when an NFT is minted and sold, a smart contract is executed, which governs the terms and conditions, including the scope of use of the underlying work and how proprietary rights will be dealt with. Thus, the mere sale of the NFT will not necessarily extinguish the IP rights of the proprietor of the underlying work of the NFT. By purchasing an NFT, one would not. Automatically become the owner of the trademark or copyright or and consequent rights, unless of the underlying work, unless it is so drafted into the smart contract. And these smart contracts will also have roy um clauses pertaining to royalty built in. Okay, that was quite interesting, ma'am. Do you think due to the boom of the um, uh, blockchain technology and incoming of the NFT, that is how the smart contract has come into the place? Yeah, I would say so. Smart contracts, basically, when we're working with digital um, content, smart contracts execute the minute you purchase it. The smart contract gets executed. Okay, okay, that was quite interesting. Thank you, ma'am, for explaining it. Now moving on to the next question: Does the minting of an NFT have an effect on a fair use analysis related to the underlying work? So, fair use as a defense to copyright infringement is available when copyrighted uh, when uh, works protected by copyright are used for purposes that are rendered to be fair. Right, so the considerations that taken into account would be purpose and character of the work, nature of the original work, amount of borrowed content from the original work, and effect of such use on the original work. I anticipate that there likely will be disputes revolving around this issue as to whether minting of an NFT can amount to fair use of any underlying work. While this has not yet been tested. 
I believe these cases will be dealt with on the already entrenched jurisprudence that is there surrounding the defense of fair use to copyright infringement, particularly since the nature of NFTs as we know them do not at the face of it necessitate any reason to diverge from the default rules that pertain to copyright copyright infringement and fair use thank you for explaining us ma'am and i think india is still at the beginning age of blockchain technology and when these cases arise and how it will be tackled only then a crisper picture can be seen but right now we can only fathom on the possibilities of what ifs moving on to the next question while different than copyright to moral rights such as attribution and integrity uh, apply to digital assets minted as an nft again there is no existing jurisprudence on this specifically by nature moral rights are those rights which include the right to integrity attribution and paternity to a work these find place under section 57 of the indian copyright act as author's special right in my opinion it seems logical that moral rights should apply to digital assets minted as nfts the applicability of section 57 will however is however crucially hinged upon how the area between nfts and intellectual property itself is perceived going forward rightly said ma'am if cases like this arise into the highlights of the world we can draw a better picture out of it ma'am uh, dc comics a well known ip user has made a statement after an artist made 1.85 million dollars selling nfts featuring characters he used to draw for dc comics such as uh, wonder woman and others dc comics issued a strong alert to its creative teams and freelancers that unlicensed usage of nfts is strictly prohibited can you please briefly explain this interesting case elaborately This is indeed a very interesting case. Jose Delbo, a former comic artist for DC Comics, recently became famous for selling uh, the NFTs of Wonder Woman and other character artworks for nearly 2 million dollars. Um I while I believe that DC Comics owns the rights to Wonder Woman artwork, it seems that prior to this DC Comics had allowed has allowed its artists to sell original ink and paper drawings used in its comic books however once um this particular comic artist did make almost 2 million dollars dc uh, selling the sorry made almost 2 million dollars selling nfts based on the wonder woman uh, artwork and other artwork dc comics sent a notice to all artists barring them from minting nfts with dc characters Now interestingly in the notice that is available in the public domain it seems that DC Comics has also mentioned its plans of exploring opportunities to enter the market for distribution and sale of original DC digital artwork with NFTs including new art created specifically for the NFT market It will be interesting to see what happens when the with the NFTs that are already in the marketplace as i mentioned um typically one would be directed to strike down or put out of circulation any unauthorized uh, copyrighted work however in this scenario since nfts are largely irreversible they can't be removed 
yes indeed it is an interesting case and you briefed us in a more systematic way thank you ma'am uh ma'am now moving forward to the next question uh, nike for example has a patent for generating cryptographic digital assets for footwear can you tell us more about it right so um nike's patent outlines a system whereby blockchain can be used to attach cryptographically secured digital assets to a physical product footwear in this case and is called cryptokicks so the patent application i believe was filed in uh, december 2019 and per this when a consumer buys a genuine pair of shoes a digital representation of a shoe may be generated linked with the consumer and assigned a cryptographic token where the digital shoe and the cryptographic token collectively represent a crypto kick This essentially means when one purchases a pair of crypto kicks one would also receive a digital asset that's attached to a unique identifier of that shoe. Further it seems that owners would also be given additional control of the footwear for instance setting limits on the number of copies that can be produced granting rights to third parties who will be able to mix shoe designs and breed custom shoes to create a shoe offspring. It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out both for Nike and consumers alike. Interestingly, I can see a potential hike up of sales of the Nike shoes now because of the boom of the blockchain and granting of patent which is in this case here is CryptoKicks. Not only the sellers, I think the buyers would also enjoy receiving a digital asset that's attached to a unique identifier of the shoe. Thank you ma'am for explaining us this uh, question of mine ma'am uh, recently it has come to the light that as IBM's blockchain division already collaborates with corporate clients on projects such as using blockchain to monitor food supply chains it will now provide a framework for storing and representing valuable patents as nfts on a blockchain network can you throw some light upon for it for the listeners Right so IBM announced that it plans to commercialize patents by transforming corporate patents with NFTs using the blockchain platform. This will be done by IBM in collaboration with the patent marketplace IPV. It is reported that these NFTs will be stored and shared on the IPV platform hosted on the IBM cloud and powered by the IBM blockchain. Using the blockchain ecosystem to tokenize patents will create a new way to in- interact with IP and will in turn allow easier sale, licensing and commercialization of patents by allowing pat- IP to be treated as a digital asset. For IPV using blockchain will also increase the security and transparency within the patent transaction process. Exactly. I was reading this news some months ago and I was anticipating asking someone more learned uh, like you in this field about it. Thanks for explaining us and it seems quite interesting now that how using the blockchain ecosystem to tokenize patents will create a new way to interact with IP in the potential future and in turn allow easier sale, licensing and commercialization of patents by allowing IP to be treated as digital assets. Thank you ma'am. Uh moving on to the next question now. Uh ma'am what are the considerate reflections of gray areas upon non-fungible tokens in the IPR network? 
So given that the concept of NFTs is still in its nascent stage and being explored, there are a plethora of unanswered questions which form grey areas. For instance, while there is reason to believe that the default rules pertaining to trademarks and copyright ownership will apply, with the lack of regulatory and legal framework, one may still debate over who owns the copyright in the event that a smart contract or even trademark for that matter in the event that a smart contract is silent on the ip front relating to ownership another question that arises is if your trademark is in respect of say x goods or services any one particular good perhaps or services would it cover use of the brand as an nft or on, on the blockchain or would one need to expand coverage and how? I anticipate many other grey areas, some of which we are probably not even considering at this point. But a few others that I foresee at this point would be, um, we don't know what is the impact on an NFT in the event that the underlying asset is destroyed or what is the consequence of copyrights or trademarks that may be embodied within an NFT one creates? How would unintended errors or unintentional perhaps copying or infringement with NFTs be dealt with owing to the fact that they are largely irreversible and cannot be removed? Further, with blockchain being decentralized international and the inherent confidentiality, the pseudo-anonymity that goes with uh, blockchain, it may be challenging to track changes, manipulation or even act on any IP infringement that takes place over blockchain. In fact, currently the area between NFTs and intellectual property itself, I would say, is slightly in the domain of a grey area itself. Exactly, ma'am. There are many grey areas to be debated upon, and only a full-blown use of blockchain and NFT, true and true, in cases that would erupt after, might clear the grey area steadily. Thank you, ma'am. Moving on to the next question. Ma'am, where do you see the world, especially in the context of India, heading towards the era of blockchain and NFTs? So, In my opinion, new innovations in technology are known to revolutionize the world and take it to a whole new level as they come, right? So with NFTs, while some view the NFT marketplace as a window to to new and exciting opportunities and possibilities, others on the other hand view it as an unhinged speculative market, right? NFTs have the ability to pave the way for reduced piracy and misappropriation of digital assets and instead better monetization of digital assets. It gives a more structured record of perhaps the contract, the ownership of the uh, NFT and also perhaps royalties. So there's a lot of uh, conversation that says that, you know, it's easy to track when the NFT changes hands and where royalty is due. With the growth and popularity of NFTs, however, there is in fact a need to update the regulatory and legal framework, not only to ensure compliance and smoother functioning, but also to iron out the grey areas that we are uh, that are presently left open to debate. 
it is also imperative that we as individuals educate ourselves on the functioning and implications of nft and blockchain to best exploit the same one needs to be sure of any transactions being made on the blockchain in particular in relation to nfts as these changes made on nft files are irreversible right so it's very important that as individuals we understand the implications the consequences what exactly is going on before we actually indulge in nft in in buying or selling or even minting of nfts personally i do see us exploiting and developing this area in times to come however i do, i mean i i do see that happening even in india in the world of course but i see india taking this ahead as well but um, in times to come i believe we will have more guidelines and um, thus we'll have a lot more concrete and sure answers to the questions that we've discussed today helping iron out issues or perhaps any debates that are per- transpiring at this point yes ma'am i fully agree with you new innovation in technology are known to re uh, revol- uh, revolutionize the world and uh, take it to a whole new level and i think the way we see ipr now would have to catch its pace with the ever evolving blockchain technology with of course more guidelines involved for better protection ma'am as someone who works in the field of intellectual property rights law and as a principal at alg india law offices if you have to convert your artwork into an nft what would the artwork be if only you would want to describe it to us so um to be very honest i am not really artistic but i did a uh, dabble in some doodling i started making what i called was my one mandala a day target when a lockdown hit and i did carry it on for two months so i would draw one entire mandala every single day and you know by the end of the two months i was quite pleased with my progress and how these uh, mandalas had started to turning out had started to turn out the prospect of treating them as assets and minting nfts on the basis of these seems quite interesting oh that's uh, that's interesting and i hope to get to see one from you if you ever convert and mint it ma'am now uh, before uh, wrapping up the whole episode today i would really like to know the motto upon which you live your life that has given you the success so that's actually a very tough question i don't believe in living by any one specific motto as i am con- convinced that the versatility sorry as i'm convinced that the versatilities of life thrown throws different challenges at you which requires quick thinking and making smart choices my mantra has always been to face things head on and take each day as it comes I believe in setting goals that challenge me beyond my comfort zone which keep pushing me to work harder each day. And as and when I near these goals that are set by me, I tend to push the finish line a little each time such that I keep striving to achieve more. I believe that the thirst for self-improvement should never quench. I think we all listeners should take note of these motos and life lessons from ma'am. 
Thank you, Dishti ma'am. It was an interesting session with you. I would like to thank all the listeners for tuning in to today's episode. And ma'am, it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast and discuss non-fungible tokens and its congruence with intellectual property rights, the era of blockchain, and its intersection with intellectual property rights. Thank you for having me, Ishita. This session has been immensely enjoyable, and I look forward to hearing your podcast on many other such interesting topics in the future. Thank you, ma'am, uh, and also for the listeners for questions, suggestions, and recommendations. Please feel free to contact us on our Instagram or LinkedIn accounts. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode four of our podcast. Hope to host more talk shows every Sunday. This way, we all will learn together the aspects and prospects of IPR and competition law. This is in conversation with IPR and competition law. See you soon in the next episode.